Welcome to E2 Talks. It's a podcast where we chat about the English language landscape, talking about topics relevant to students like you. In this podcast, Helen Cook from ETS joins E2 expert Siley to give you the latest update on the TOEFL Special Home Edition. Keep listening to find out everything you need to know about this test, which can be taken from the comfort of your own home. Enjoy. Hi, Helen. Thanks for joining us today. And um, welcome to our E2 Talks podcast. So let's start off by introducing ourselves. I'm Siley, and I'm the head of TOEFL here at E2 Language. Um, and I mostly deal with creating content for the test and uh, helping our students uh, get their desired score. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, thanks, Sally. My name is Helen Cook. Um, I live in uh, Brisbane, Australia, and I work uh, in client relations for ETS TOEFL in Australia and New Zealand. Oh, that's great. Um, so first of all, let me congratulate you guys for putting this test out, like the special home edition so quickly. Uh, because I work with content creation and, you know, with the development team, making sure everything gets on the platform on time and everything looks exactly the way it's supposed to look, I feel like it's quite an achievement um, that you guys were able to get this out as quickly as you did. Um, and now it's available around the world, is that right? Yes, um, this edition is available in all countries where the TOEFL IBT is available, with the exception of um, mainland China and Iran. Um, in the case of uh, mainland China, we're working with NEEA to make sure we have plenty of uh, test places available when testing is able to recommence. In the case of Iran, uh, we are hoping to be able to offer this option as well. Yeah, that makes sense. The situation in those countries is uh, quite difficult. So uh, hopefully students there will have access to this testing. Mm -hmm. Maybe, oh sorry, maybe we should start off by telling them what the TOEFL Special Home Edition is. Okay, so the TOEFL Special Home Edition is exactly the same TOEFL RBT test as is offered in test centres, um, but it uses remote proctoring, um, which is a, a high-touch, real-time proctoring of the test so that the test taker um, has security measures around them while they're taking the test at home. Okay, so you said it's the same test. Does that mean that there are no changes uh, being made to the test? That's right. So it's identical in format, in content, and even the test experience. So, um, so it's the same valid, reliable test, which institutions recognize around the world. So there's currently over 11,000 institutions that are using TOEFL test scores. Oh, that's great. Um, so if everything is the same, does it also like follow the format changes that were made last year, like where the test was shortened? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, the, uh, the short answer is yes. So uh, when you get your score results, you will get a my best score as well as a test day score. 
And as you know, the My Best Score is the best listening, speaking, reading or writing that you've achieved in valid tests over the last two years, plus your test day score. You'll also be uh, able to get access to your reading and your listening um, test scores uh, at the completion of the test. Uh, and the other features like the, the shorter test, the three-hour test, all of the features are available. How about the uh, score reporting times? What's the turnaround like? The time will be as before. Um, so six to ten days. Uh, it will appear on the student's uh, ETS profile. So they'll be able to go and check their scores. And will they also get like a hard copy? Like with the... Uh, at the moment, our print um, facilities are closed in the US. Oh. We are not currently able to issue paper copies, um, but um, we, when obviously um, students still have their online version, they can um, make a PDF of their online version, or you know, they can print screen. And what they need for verification for their institutions the information is on the version that they have online. Okay, that's great. So they can still use that electronic score, right? That's correct, yeah. That's great. Um, so how, like, because students will be taking this test at home. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that raises some questions about test security. <laughs> so how have you guys managed that? Yes, test security is a very important aspect because T test takers want to be able to trust their scores. Um, institutions want to be able to trust their scores. And of course, we wish to maintain our reputation um, mm. for secure testing as well. So there's a whole range of requirements that students must meet, um, especially in terms of the technology they're using, the environment uh, in which they're undertaking the test, but the, I mean, the main thing is it's a combination in terms of security, a combination also of live proctoring and uh, for the whole test and um, the use of artificial intelligence tools. So ProctorU, which is doing the proctoring is a very experienced uh, online proctoring company. And so you know, from, uh, undertaking proctoring for more than 5 million students already, they have some good ideas about um, how people might like to try to get their own advantage when they shouldn't. So they've developed very sophisticated um, biometrics. For example, if you look on their website, they talk about um, keystroke biometrics. I had never heard of this, apparently, you and I and everyone else has individual keystroke biometrics that are not the same as anyone else. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And they have a range of other tools that, that have been developed to ensure um, security. And the whole of the test is videotaped as uh -huh. well. That's yeah. really interesting, especially the artificial intelligence bit. I didn't know that either. <laughs> It's quite an interesting area um, of development that's become very important more recently. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember 
Um, I attended this webinar that you did last week, and I remember you talked about eye, eye movement tracking thing as well. Like they track your eye movements to see if you're trying to cheat. Yes, they do gaze tracking. That's correct. And um, so they're trying to see if you're, you know, looking at something or looking at someone who's trying to give you information. So, yes, they do gaze tracking as well. Wow. Sounds very interesting. Yes, I know. So they've definitely got the artificial intelligence bit down. Um, how about the human proctoring? Like, how does it work? Like, can you can you see your proctor? Um, does the proctor have like you know a, a three sixty degree view? Like, how does it work? Okay, the proctor um, is in one of their proctoring centers around the world because they have centers around the world. So they are chosen and trained by Proctor U to invigilate this, these tests. And uh, you certainly speak to your Proctor, but mm -hmm. you don't see them. So, um, you, and you don't know where they are either. So um, Proctor U operates a 24-hour service. So, you know, obviously different parts of the world are better, more interested in different time periods for their testing. So tests are available across the 24-hour period. So the Proctor, um, when you go through the process, first you register with ETS on the registration side, then you actually register with Proctor U. So, and that's when you select your time for your test and everything. And so Proctor U um, also um, has, can see what's, what you can access on your screen. They have accesses from their system um, to ensure everything's closed down and there's no, no one's trying to open, you know, some program that they shouldn't or something like that. So the Proctor, um, goes through the whole of the environmental um, requirements if, before individually with you before you start the test. So that and that takes a little while just you know to do all of that checking. Yeah. Um, and the, I'll talk about the requirements um, in more detail, but essentially you do that at the beginning and you do it after your 10 minute break as well. So the proctors are um, always able to keep an eye on you with a videotape running all the time, um, as well as uh, going through the, the sign-in process and the checking um, after the break. So um, they do a whole lot of things, uh, you know, along the way with the AI tools as well. So from what you're saying, do they proctor it twice? Like one is like the live proctoring, but they can also go back and look at the recording in case they feel like something suspicious had been happening? Um, I'm not sure whether they go back. They, they can cancel a test. Okay. During the test, if someone, if they have a strong indication that someone is cheating. And the ETS, um, when it reviews the scores of students, also has access to the videotape. Um, if, you, you know, if, if a an institution question the validity of the score, ETS can also review the videotape. 
Oh, that's good. So the students can see it as well, right? No, the students don't see the videotape, but ETS can. Oh, so they can send it to the institution. Yeah. Right. You spoke about the, the break, so will they be recorded during the break as well? Or does the recording stop and then you come and you do the sign-in process again? Um, you, you only get 10 minutes for the break, so it's really important to come back on time. Um, and you, so it is part of the test and you do, as I said, you do have to go through checking processes again before you start your speaking and writing sections. So you are still allowed a break, however. And obviously there are various um, little rules around that, but you are still allowed to, you know, go and get a drink and Mm -hmm. go, to, go to the restroom or, or whatever mm -hmm. um, in that time. Yeah, that's important because it's quite, like it must take quite a while to get through the test, right? Because the test itself is three hours and then, you know, the signing in process, the break, all of that. And uh, I think it's important for a test taker to understand the process. Mm -hmm. There's a website um, that, uh, a student website that goes through the five steps and provides quite a lot of detail. For example, we don't encourage you to register for a test until you've actually checked that you've got the, te the minimum um, technical specifications. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want someone to um, go through all that process and then discover that they didn't meet the that computer didn't meet the technical specifications. So there, as you say, there are a number of steps to take, but the website covers, you know, the main process. And uh, so students can familiarize themselves with what to expect. So when you start the test, your starting time is actually your sign-in time. And when you've done the sign-in, then you actually start the test because everybody starts the test individually. Right. Uh, and sorry, I forgot to mention, so it's one-on-one -on -one proctoring, right? It's not like one proctor is proctoring like a whole class or anything. They won't, they may have a few people, they won't have a whole class. Oh, so one proctor can be proctoring more than one person? Yes, that's correct, but the, the numbers are very small. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and what happens if, you know, the student suddenly loses their connection during the 10-minute break or they're late? because of internet problems? Um, okay, so once they have commenced the test, um, the, if, if the break is really short, like can, can be reconnected straight away, mm -hmm. um, they're allowed to continue. But if it's prolonged, then that becomes a security issue. So the test will be, um, cancelled or yeah they won't be able to continue but they can reschedule at no extra fee if if they have an internet outage during their proctored test so they can um you know go back and retest without having to pay for a second test oh that's great um so will they have to do all the sections because we have our timed mini mock test on our platform for students to prepare and the way we've programmed it is that if 
you know, they are kicked out while they're doing the speaking section, then they get to do the speaking section again. But if they, they've already finished and submitted the reading and listening section, they don't really have to do the whole test again. Um, is it different? Yeah, I suspect they will have to do the whole test again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have to be very careful. So how do you guys check if they have all the requirements? What are some of the requirements um, that some technical requirements that students should be aware of? Yeah, the requirements are, are quite um, detailed. So I will go through them for you. Um, and uh, as I said, some of this information is available on the website. So firstly, they have to be in a country that we're offering the test. So um, unfortunately at the moment, if you were in Iran and that's where your computer testing computer was located, you would not be able to sign in to the test. So that's the first thing, I guess. Second thing is the, the um, computer requirements. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, you need to have a PC with Windows. So I'm working on the Mac version, um, but that hasn't been released yet. Um, and you need a computer with a microphone and a speaker that's um, built in, or you can have a, an external speaker, but um, we don't use headphones or headsets of any sort. Um, also, with the camera, which is obviously necessary, mm -hmm. um, you can either have a camera that's built into your uh, laptop, or you can have a webcam that sits on the top. So what we, you need to be able to show the environment to the um, proctor. They need to see, you have to have, in terms of where you're sitting, you have to be in a room by yourself, in a room with other people, you can't be in a public space. You have to be alone. So, um, there can't be anybody else there or coming and asking you questions or something. You must be at a table or desk as well. Uh, so you can't lie, you can't use a tablet or a phone. Okay, so you've got to have a laptop, you've got to have a desk, and you have to have a, a standard chair. So no lying in bean bags. <laughs> <laughs> you have to actually. Um, be able to sit at a desk, show that there is nothing, you know, uh, on the, the desk or table, nothing, you know, not walls covered with messages and <laughs> all those sorts of things. Um, and you're not allowed food and drink during the test, um, which is standard for all test centers. Um, so other things perhaps you need to think about um, is your appearance. So the photo is going to appear on your test um, record like forever. <laughs> Please don't wear your pajamas. <laughs> I think Jay and I had a conversation about this. So yeah. will they? Uh, so will the proctor be like, okay, you can't take the test because you're in your PJs, or is it like you know, uh, it's not quite a requirement, but it's a suggestion. <laughs> 
Well, we certainly tell them that they should be dressed appropriately because they're going to be videoed and have photos taken. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to live with it. <laughs> so, um, also, uh, some very other specific requirements. Your ears have to remain visible at all times. And um, so, uh, even you can wear religious head covering, but still you need your ears to be visible. And remember, we're not using headphones. So, the other thing is you can't wear things like watches and big, you know, hair clips and things, they are potential security issues as well. So um, you need to be dressed appropriately, but no jewellery and watches and things. Um, so that that's, you know, typical of any uh, test environment. Um, no sunglasses, for example. <laughs> no, no other accessories. Um, so... And as I say, all of the um, environment will be checked by the um, proctor right. um, before you even commence. So, um, you know, the other one other point which is important is note taking. Mm. Note taking is really important in the test, and uh, you can either use a small whiteboard with an erasable marker mm -hmm. or you can use um you know the plastic sleeves we put um we can put sheets of paper in right. you, can, you can write on the plastic with an erasable marker and have a clean sheet inside so you can see it um because what happens at the end of the test is the proctor watches you erase it all okay so, um, so, you know, um, we don't want you stealing questions and, and, you know, things like that, obviously. So we, we um, try to ensure that um, anything that you do take notes on is actually removed at the end of the test. So can, can the student have like multiple sheets of paper with the protector or does it have to be just one single sheet? Um, well, I actually did acceptance testing. I had more than one um, and I wasn't stopped, but I had to show what I had. Um, and so um, I think that the proctors do certainly check what you've got with you. And do you have to erase the notes at the end of a particular section or at the end of the test? At the end of the test. Okay. Yeah. All of that is really interesting and yes I think it's very important for students to know about um, the religious head covering um, because they are going to be videotaped like there's going to be like a video recording. Um, I remember reading on the website that you can't really take this test um, from a public place but what if somebody doesn't really have like you know a study in their house what if they go to a library and they get like a room um, and they're sitting in that room and taking the test. Is that okay or? Um, I think if you were in a room by yourself and had all the requirements and, you know, the room didn't had you know, clean walls and desks mm -hmm. and so forth, um, I think that would be acceptable. But you can't be in like 
um, an internet cafe, for example, that is not acceptable. Okay. So, yeah, you have to have a private space that only you are there doing work. So, you know, so you can shut the door and shut mm -hmm. other noise out and, you know, distractions and so forth. Okay, that's good to know. And how about some of the other things that ETS is doing uh, to meet students' needs in this difficult time, you know, because it's really hard for students to sort of go to test centers and a lot of the tests have been canceled. What if students have already paid for a test? Like, can they switch over to this version? Okay, so, um, yes, there are, there aren't many test centers available at the moment. There are still a few in, in some countries that are operating and certainly they're operating within, uh, you know, revised procedures so that, uh, you know, we're ensuring um, the safety of the staff as well as the test takers. You know, additional cleaning, you can wear your face mask except when you're signing in and when you're doing your speaking if you're at a test centre. Um, so those things have been put in place. It is certainly possible to reschedule and there's no rescheduling fee. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. So, um, and uh, the price is the same as well as you would if you were taking it at a test centre. Mm. Uh, you can use test vouchers. If, if, you're, if you have purchased a voucher, you can use a test voucher. Um, so in terms of rescheduling, if you already have um, a scheduled test date, um, you might need to call customer service to get at ETS and the information that's on the website to get them to um, release it, the money. So you can test uh, at home. If you're in a country where there is still testing and rem remote proctored tests are offered, if you don't feel comfortable going to the test centre, you can still do it at home. So in those countries where testing is operating and where this is available, you can do either. So we are moving, we will move the the money, you don't have to um, lose the money. There's no rescheduling fees. And it is even possible once you've booked a test with PropTU, if something happens that you need to change it, you, you know, there are constraints, but it is possible to also change that. It's good to know that ETS is really, you know, making efforts because I feel like a lot of um, other test students are just, you know, um, left in limbo. They don't know what to do. Um, it's certainly been a very big project for us and uh, we hope, we know that it won't be able to suit everybody, you know, for technical reasons, environmental reasons. We also are still working on um, the um, needs of uh, people with special needs, accommodations, test accommodations. We are working on that at the moment as well. Um, but from our perspective, um, we are trying to contribute what we can do for both test takers and institutions while this pandemic is 
overtaking us and our, our normal lives. So we have tried to work very fast to oh, definitely. secure this solution. And um, there's also a lot of um, TOEFL prep material online that, you know, and I, I would definitely suggest that students go to um, the website to look at the process um, for the special home edition, you know, so they see what's expected. I mean, when their scores arrive at their institution, um, everything will be almost the same as what they saw before. One thing I forgot to mention is they take your photo and they compare your um, test day photo through facial recognition with the photo on your approved ID document. So um, that, that, and there's facial recognition checks going on during the test as well. Mm. So when, when the, the uh, college or university gets the score, they will get it in the same way as usual and an online version. It will have the test day photo, hopefully not in your pajamas. Um, it will have, um, you know, the test score, the test day score, the my best score. The only difference will be that the test score user will be able to see that it was a remote proctored test. There will be a code. So people will see a code on their um, test uh, report. There is always a code for the test centre. It's an, usually, but not always, an STN code. So, and that's just strategic um, testing network. So the STN code will say RP, and then it'll have the country. So, for example, if it's Germany, it'll have DEU. So someone receiving the score will know that that student did a remote proctored test in Germany. Oh. So that's the only difference that institutions will notice. And as I said, they can ask for reviews of scores and all the other things that they now do. Um, test takers might be interested to know that on that screen already, um, there is uh, one, me one minute of this, one of their speaking questions. So um, institutions have been able to listen to their speaking already and that will continue. Uh, so basically all of those processes are in place. And uh, so in terms of the test takers, um, this addition of the test, you know, they can prepare as they would for the usual uh, standard TOEFL IBT test. Mm -hmm. They can do the test, they can get the scores. It's just the remote proctoring that's different. Right. So talking about institutions, do you uh, do we know which institutions are accepting the test, uh, this edition? Uh, it is a bit early to tell. Um, I did, for Australia and New Zealand, I did webinars just last week. Mm -hmm. Global webinars going on. They have been going on um, probably for 10 days now and uh, more are coming next uh, week. So we are still in the information phase of 
um, advising institutions so they can um, make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Our feedback so far is very positive from institutions and certainly those who did some of the early webinars, you can now see that they have put a message on uh, their website. So I'll be asking universities in Australia and, and colleges in Australia and New Zealand to put a note on their website. Um, so we're, we're not currently aware of institutions who are not um, accepting, but you know, it is their decision and they need to review the information and uh, particularly around the security of the test. Mm -hmm. um, so we hope that in the next little while, institutions will clarify for both uh, the students and their agents. <laughs> to be honest, I don't see any other way. Like they will eventually have to accept it because you know all the test centers are closed, most of the test centers around the world. Um, so far, our feedback is positive, um, but it is up to the institution. So last week we had a few questions from our students asking if the tests had been rescheduled or postponed in Australia. Uh, do you know anything about that? Um, with the current um, rules in Australia, I doubt that there will be very much testing. Um, but anybody in Australia can do the remote proctor test. So they, since Monday, they have been allowed to um, register. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at the moment, um, the registrations are not too busy because everybody's just finding out about uh, the options. But over time, it will get harder for test takers to um, get the time that they want. So we suggest that they, if they are going to undertake this version of the test, get organized and work out when they want to do the test so that they can secure a time that suits them. Yeah, and that's what we've been telling students that eventually it's going to be really hard to yeah. get a test day. So your best option is to prepare for the test really well before you take it for the first time rather than, you know, just taking it in a rush and yeah. then having to take it again. Um, so that's why we'd like, we like to, you know, tell our students how to go about preparing for the test yeah. and what skills they sort of need to work on before they actually take the test. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, we would advise students to exactly the same, to be prepared and have undertaken their test strategies so that they get the best value for themselves and for their funds. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also time now, because now I feel like time is of the essence. Exactly. Uh, you're able to rebook for like months uh, after. Yeah, currently testing uh, dates are available to the end of June. Oh. Um, and we will review that situation closer to the time. All right, thank you so much for joining us, Helen, and thank you for sharing all that um, useful information with us. I'm sure our students will really appreciate getting all this information from ETS. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Oh, I just want to wish the students good luck. I mean, um, in this challenging time, everybody is um, experiencing 
you know, incredible difficulties. And uh, so I, I think, you know, if they're trying to prepare for a test, it's important that they are able to focus on their preparation and to be able to show their skills. So I, I hope that works out well for everybody. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, Helen. You're welcome. Thank you for, for um, speaking to me. It's my pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. That was really interesting to hear about the test and, you know, all of those interesting proctoring aspects of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you have any more questions, you know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to E2 Talks. Remember to check out e2language.com for TOEFL courses and e2school.com for general English language learning. Thanks.